When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. So much happening in the world of cricket. Uh, the Daily Telegraph cricket writer Ben Horn about to join us. He wrote a, wrote a piece in Code Sports yesterday detailing really the fractures in Australia's 2015 World Cup winning team. But we've got the PM's 11 starting today and also the Big Bash starting tomorrow. So it's a great time to speak to Ben. Morning, Ben. Okay, Julian. How are you going? Very well. Uh, thanks so much for your time. It's been an interesting week in Australian cricket, let's say the last uh, 48, 72 hours. Just your overall snapshot on, on the comments from Mitchell Johnson and then I guess uh, his explanations behind, well, partial explanations yesterday as to why he wrote the column. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's been a pretty explosive story. And, um, you know, look, overall my reaction is it's it's sad, I think, to see ex-teammates um, who, you know, had so much success together for Australia going at each other in, in the way they have. I mean, obviously, we, we want our commentators to be um, uh, to, to be critical and to have opinions. Uh, certainly, that's what we survive on in the media. Um, so we're certainly not... Uh, there's no criticism. But um, just, I, I guess, um, it's it's been a little bit um, surprising, I suppose, just the personal nature of what's been said. Um, Mitchell did sort of uh, apologise slightly for the personal nature mm. of um, what he'd written in, when he did his podcast yesterday. But, um, yeah, look, there are fractures in that team. Um, Mitchell also had a similar crack at Pat Cummins a couple of years ago. So, look, it's an unfortunate situation, you know, 10 years on from when they were all playing together. And I guess you can only hope in another 10 years, maybe things have smoothed over a bit, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, as you say in the piece, there'll be some sort of reunion in just over 12 months time for that 2015 uh, World Cup, which all these uh, combatants played in. Can you see bread being broken at some stage or is this something that, uh, given it does seem to be pretty personal from what Mitch Johnson was saying yesterday with some of the texts that he receives that, it's going to be a bit, bit of an ongoing feud. Well, I was hoping after Mitchell came out very strongly against Pat Cummins and the bowlers a couple of years ago, which was in response to Justin Langer's demise as Australian coach, I was sort of hoping that you know, he might have a bit of a think about what he said at that time and, and try and mend a few bridges. And, and that hasn't happened. So, look, I mean, that doesn't really bode particularly well for things being resolved in the short term, I wouldn't think. But, um, you know, look, who knows? I mean, um, you know, I think certainly for the older generation, um, Shane Warne and Andrew Simons, um, very sad passings was a bit of a reminder of how you can let these things go and, you know, not catch up with each other enough and all of a sudden it's too late. So, you know, hopefully there's a bit of a res- uh, realisation along those lines that, um, you know, you don't have to be best mates, but perhaps there's um, there's an opportunity to, you know, um, come together and celebrate what they did achieve all those years ago. Did you think he was a bit unfair, Mitch Johnson, on, on George Bailey? I thought so, yes, definitely. Um, and on David Warner. I mean, his points about David Warner's form, um, I mean, that's entirely debatable, uh, entirely, mm. you know, fair point to, to be raising, but 
I thought it was wrong to be delving back into the sandpaper gate issue. Um, obviously, you know, fans are going to have their opinion about David Warner, but that's um, yeah, that's never going to dictate what the selectors do. I mean, he did serve a one-year ban. He's still banned from leadership. I'm not sure uh, how much more he's meant to be punished for something that happened five or six years ago. So, yeah, I didn't like that. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought the shot at George Bailey's integrity was also... Uh, was also uncalled for as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, George Bailey's uh, the fact that he was a former teammate of David Warner has anything to do with Warner being in the team at all. So um, I was surprised by by that one. Um, and look, I think George Bailey. Obviously, you know, selectors are always going to make calls that people aren't going to agree with. But I think if you look at his record and Australia's record over the last couple of years, he's done a very fair job. He's done a very good job, absolutely. And we've been talking about um, you know, nominations for Australian Coach of the Year this year, whether it's in domestic competitions or coaching a national team or applying your trade overseas. And certainly Andrew McDonald would have to be uh, in the running for that. Just on Cam Bancroft, I noticed a story on uh, Code Sports this morning with uh, Dan Churney and Mark Duffield. Just looking at his numbers and he's still not back in the test team yet. Is there potentially any hangover from Sandpaper Gate, maybe some of the comments that he's made would be in any way at all affecting his chances of being selected in the test team? Yeah, look, it's a really interesting question. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say. Um, I don't think his numbers are that mind-blowing that that's the only conclusion you can draw. Um, you know, sure, he's had a couple of really good seasons in Shield cricket and you know, if Shield cricket is the marker of, you know, who should be the next man up in the test team, then I guess, you know, he's he's doing all he can. But it's, you know, he's not a hard luck story like Brad Hodge was all those years ago or Martin Love or Jamie Cox or anything like that. So, um, and the other thing is Cameron has played 10 or 12 tests already. Um, so they, they've seen what he's done at test level. So it's not like he's a, a young player coming through uh, with you know shield numbers and let's see how he goes at test level. They have had a pretty decent look at him at test level. So, um, you know, it's not a simple question, but yeah, I mean, you can't get away from the fact that there is an awkwardness, I suppose, about um, that issue that still lingers on. And um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, we can only speculate whether that's a factor, but it's it's hard to pinpoint that when I don't think, you know, his numbers are quite at the level where, um, you know, where he can't be ignored. Speaking to Ben Horn, Daily Telegraph cricket writer, it's a it's a big few days coming up for Cam Bancroft and and the others in the mix to replace David Warner whenever David Warner's time ends. I mean, just on this PM eleven game, and as you say, if you look at the numbers of, of Renshaw, Harris, Bancroft's clearly got the best numbers so far this Shield season. How important are their performances in this match for who will get that first opportunity to to open the batting uh, early next year? You would think. I think it's it's important because, you know, even though they will look at their overall um, body of work, I guess, um, you know, these kind of matches, which are sort of like a bat-off, I guess, they do um, put a bit of extra premium on them in the sense that, um, you know, it is performing under pressure, I suppose. And it's, um, you know, the, the players know that they're really being looked at. They know that a position's coming up in the lineup in only a few weeks' time. Um and look, if it's if Bancroft, Harris, or Renshaw are going to force their way into this side, I think they they need a hundred in this game because at the moment I think selectors are of the mind, or at least are very tempted to 
just bring Cameron Green back into David Warner's spot when he retires. And who knows how they'll shuffle the deck chairs from there to make the batting order. But I think their they're thinking at the moment is that the priority should be getting Cameron Green back in the side rather than um, finding a specialist opener. So if one of those three openers wants to force their way into the team, they need 100 this week. So if it's not if it's not one of the, the openers forcing them way, their way into the team, as you mentioned there, and they'd have to reshuffle, who would most likely in the current team go up to open the batting? <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at, um, I guess, the, the smallest difference in role, you'd say Marnus Lubbershane. And it was interesting when Andrew... McDonald was on with uh, Jared Waitley uh, a week or two ago. He, he definitely made those examples of Justin Langer and David Boone having gone um, from number three to opening the yeah. batting. So, look, from that point of view, Marnus, but I've just got this feeling that they won't want to mess with Marnus. Um, you know, he's he's built himself up into being the best player in the world in test cricket from being a number three. And I think it might be a, a little risky to move him when you consider that Usman Khawaja and Steve Smith may not have that much longer in Test cricket either. Uh, I think you know you would be you would be taking a risk to shuffle Marnus as well. So perhaps it might be a more left field option like Mitchell Marsh or Cameron Green. I know um, you know some uh, some smart minds like Greg Chappell, Brad Brad Haddon, They think that Mitchell Marsh would actually make a good opener. He does it in one day cricket and uh, particularly against the opposition we've got coming this summer, the West Indies. Um, you know, I think it'd be a pretty good opportunity for him to go out there and really set the tone for the innings. Um, I, I, my gut feel is that you can't move Marnus and you can't move yeah. Travis Head. They're just too important where they are. And by the sound of it, Marnus has no interest in moving from number three. No, that's the impression we are. Yeah, that, that's the impression we've got. I mean, but he is the kind of guy that would answer a call. Um, I mean, the the reason he ended up at number three in the first place was. Um, back when David Warner and Steve Smith were suspended, they were looking for someone to, to bat three and Marnus, you know, raced to the front of the room, you know, desperate to do it. Um, and that was, you know, when his first-class record wasn't uh, wasn't that great. So, look, he's that sort of person that he will take on any challenge. Um, but, yeah, understandably, he's um, he's pretty comfortable where he is and uh, be interesting to see, you know, how much, yeah, what the selectors make of all that. We're not. Look, let's hope we're proven wrong and we get a really competitive Test summer with with Pakistan and and then the West Indies. But I liked your piece the other day just about the fact that uh, you know the BBL might be the star of the summer and therefore the star of the BBL is Glenn Maxwell and therefore it puts a bit of pressure on Glenn Maxwell to perform. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I think Glenn Maxwell can be the biggest um, star this summer. Um, you know, we've seen what he did in the World Cup. And, um, you know, I just think that the, the Test Series will be overshadowed, I think, by the big bash if some of these big names can take off. So it'll be great to see because some of the stuff that Glenn Maxwell was doing in India was just incredible. And if he can do that in our own time zone, um, we're in for, a, in for a big show. What should we expect? We know the West Indies, the, the struggles they've had. Well, what are you expecting from this Pakistan team? We know that they can be unpredictable and they've got a lot of talent. But what do you expect from this touring party this time? Um, look, I think, yeah, it's a bit concerning, to be honest, where, um, what, what, uh, where they're at, to be honest, the, the Pakistan, um, the decision over their selector and things like that is, is a major concern. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't hold much hope, to be honest, for the summer. I think um, Australia is going to be very dominant. 
And, um, you know, I, I think that, that top order, um, I suppose there's some sort of pressure in making runs because I think everyone else will be. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see a pretty high-scoring summer. Yeah, very strange what's going on with the uh, selection in Pakistan cricket. I noticed uh, over in Perth, they want 25000 there for the opening day of the test. They've sort of rebranded it and tried, you know, brought back a little bit of the hill from the whacker. What do you think's a good result in terms of a, a test crowd for Perth on that opening day? Um, look, I think you'd want at least 15,000 to be turning up for the first day. But, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, Perth's really invested a lot of effort and, um, and energy into trying to um, change the culture over there, I suppose, and get people to the ground. Um, they're making an artificial hill, which I think is a great idea um, because it has, you know, that was one of the charms of going to the Wacker and you, you just don't get that at the big stadium. So I'm interested to see how that goes. I think that's a great idea. And, yeah, look, I think, you know, particularly with what's happening with Brisbane over the coming years with the redevelopment, looking forward to the Olympics, maybe there's a chance for Perth to host a few um, first tests of the summer in a row and you, you can build a bit of a you know, momentum up around that as well. So um, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one. The, the crowds haven't matched the, the huge stadium they've had mm. built there. So hopefully this is the year. Ben, uh, yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope we get a competitive uh, first test and we'll take the rest from there. Uh, Thanks so much for your time. I look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Julian. All the best. Cheers.